0: This is Evermore Poe, the turbulent youth of Edgar Allan Poe. Chapter 42 Together, Eddie and Ebenezer spent the afternoon talking in an abandoned Shaco warehouse. She didn't even let me explain, Eddie told his friend between swigs. And my pa, I have so much wrath for that guy. I swear I could kill him. He's setting me up to fail with my writing. I know it. And now, Juliet, who the hell does this guy think he is? I thought the two of you were getting along, Nez asked. Well, that's just it. We were. But now this letter about Juliet... Come on! He acts all deedly-dee, but I swear, Nez, he's been playing me like a fiddle, as if I'm one of his business clients or something, always with the agenda. How stupid does he think I am? Well, I'm not falling for it anymore. Well, maybe he really doesn't know, Eddie. Mr. Allen seems like a nice guy, and he's really respected. My mother says he's a great example of how to be, and there should be more men like him. Besides, you said the letter was addressed to Mr. Ellis. Don't kid yourself, Ness. My pa knows what he's doing. He's clever like that. You saw him at church that day, didn't you? He was chatting up that horrible man, just like Mr. Ellis. But Eddie, you still don't know if your pa was really part of this or not. Don't go defending him, Nez. The man has positively lost his humanity. That is, if he ever had it. He's all work, 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 and nothing else. That's everyone's parents, Eddie. But I know what you mean. It's like you hit a certain age and you start dying from the inside out. It happens to everybody. It's going to happen to us, too. No way. I'll never be like that. I'd rather die penniless in a gutter than become John Allen. Ebenezer mumbled something about not having a father at all, but Eddie was so incensed, he just didn't catch it. Womanizing spendthrift on others, but cheapskate at home. Do you know he moves me to a new school each time the tuition goes up? I'm 14, and I've been to four completely different schools. The seminary, the academy, there was the manor house school in London, but I'm not even counting that. But before that, I went to Mr. Irwin's school right here in Richmond. (laughs) Speaking of Irwin's school, there's this kid called Edwin Collier. Eddie took a long drag of booze and told Ebenezer all about the letter he'd found regarding Edwin Collier. Cheating bastard! Anger and jealousy flushed out of Eddie with each drop of liquor. Ever the kind shoulder, Ebenezer listened, letting Eddie exercise years of pent-up etiquette repressed rage. By the time he was finished, Eddie was inebriated with false bravado. Pa would be home from his trip by now, and Eddie was in a fighting mood. He walked home with a lumbering gait. When he got there, the house on Tobacco Alley was quiet. Ma and Nancy were out somewhere, Juliet nowhere to be found. Pa was shuffling papers behind the closed doors leading to the study. Eddie took one last breath for strength and hurled the pocket door open. John Allen swung around at the sound of the commotion, giving his foster son a blank stare over his bifocals. Eddie, what is it, son? I'm not your son, he started. The floodgates were open. If Eddie ever wanted to turn back, it was too late now. Pardon me? You heard me, old man, cursed Eddie. You've always known. You just didn't care. What the bloody hell are you talking about? Well, let's see. Where shall I begin? Eddie jabbed. You're carousing around with how many women? Ignoring the needs of your own family, but giving money to another family? In case you haven't noticed, Ma needs you. Nancy, too. I used to. As for Juliet, she's been the only sane person under this roof since we came back from England. She's been here for each and every one of us, whenever we needed anything. And how do you repay her? By sending her away? What in God's name are you talking about, boy? John yelled back. Juliet approached Ellison Allen with a legitimate plan to buy her freedom. A business deal. And what do you do? You lied about her value so she can't go anywhere? So that you can profit off of her from that horrible excuse of a human being up in Maryland? What? In case you haven't noticed, young men. I've been out of town. No one's come to talk to me for anything. Juliet went to Ellison Allen, Paw, It's your name on the sign. She came to you. For all the years of feeling like he wasn't good enough to be adopted, for all the respect and love he hungered for from John Allen, it all came down to this. Eddie went for the jugular. I'm tired of your lies. I know all about you and your secrets, the women. I know about Edwin Collier. A deafening silence filled the room as the two Allen men stared at one another with venomous eyes. The tension was thick. The insolence was far beyond a whack of a switch, miles beyond a good whipping. After a long pause, John Allen spoke in the most threatening tone Eddie had ever heard. You know nothing. On the surface, Eddie stood his ground, but on the inside, he was a puddle of nerves. You've been drinking, John said. I smell liquor on your breath. Eddie couldn't help but retaliate. (laughs) "'Perhaps liquor is your demon too, old man.' "'That's it. John had had it. He balled his fists. A vein bulged out of his neck. "'His face went red, and he began to quake with volatility. "'Eddie wondered if his foster father would have the nerve to hit him, "'and if so, would he punch him like a man or resort to using a cane like he always had? "'The last time John beat him, despite the horrible pain—' Eddie had laughed uncontrollably, imagining all of his friends watching at how preposterous it was to spank a 12-year-old. After that, whenever he anticipated a reprimand, Eddie would present John with a rod or a cane or a switch in an act of absolute rebellion. Eddie only had to present this show of defiance once before John ceased the spankings for good. "'Don't try me, boy,' warned John. "'Don't tempt me then, father,' The silence in the room was palpable. Finally, John said in a dark tone, What do you want? Eddie rose up in triumph. Now we're getting somewhere, he thought. I want you to stop Mr. Ellis and spare Juliet, and then I want you to free her. I can't do that. You can do that, and you will. It's Ellis and Alan, remember? Mr. Ellis's welfare is tied to yours. If you know so much, you know everything and everyone in this house belongs to Charles. Tis not mine to decide. Well, that's your problem, isn't it? Juliet must have her freedom. If you cannot do that, I have no choice but to tell Ma about Edwin Collier. John Allen stared at the boy with absolute hatred. Don't threaten me, boy. John warned just before the front door opened. Hello? Called the sweet voice of Ma as she entered the foyer, followed by Nancy. Eddie caught a glimpse of Juliet walking past the window towards the rear of the house and to the servant's entrance beyond. The standoff between John and Eddie would end as abruptly as it had begun, at least for now. Eddie remained quietly steadfast, a wry, devious smile growing on his face. Intoxicated or not, he knew he had the upper hand for once in his life, and it felt great. Evermore Poe is the historical account of a teenaged Edgar Allan Poe. If you'd like to learn more about Eddie's devolution to become the master of the macabre, please don't forget to follow and share this podcast. Evermore Poe was researched, written, produced, and edited by yours truly, journalist Chris Kosach. I began my research more than a decade ago using vetted journalistic methods with corroborated fact-checking from respected sources including the Library of Congress, periodicals obtained from multiple Poe museums, notably Scholars and the National Archives, among other collections, strung together in a narrative style. In other words, my story is mostly true. Our music today is from Esther Abrami. It should be noted that some of the characters in Evermore Poe are composites of real people, including servants and slaves who lived in the Allen home at the time of our story. Please note, while Evermore Poe is based on fact, it should not be confused with the historic record. For that, I hope you will go down your own rabbit hole to research. One of the most thrilling American authors of all time. Our story continues again next time on Evermore Poe. Until then, I'm Chris Kosach. Thank you for listening.